Welcome to Enneagram with JB, a podcast about Enneagram personalities, where you'll uncover and discover more about yourself and others through the helpful tool of the Enneagram. I'm your host, Julie Underwood. So in your new course, you're not alone, you're not crazy, betrayal trauma from a bonding sense perspective, you talk about love being transformative and necessary for all humans. You also go on to talk about cycles or patterns within relationship and the importance of slowing things down so that each person can recognize what is happening in the relationship and what they need. This is powerful work. We've done this work. I wrote about this in my Enneagram and Marriage book. The patterns speak to our own personal desires for protection as well as our desires for love and connection. And that's that longing piece that you keep talking about too. Can you explain the dances that people do in their relationship and why understanding this helps with love and connection as well as the empathy and compassion piece? Yes. Okay. So I learned this word in grad school. Um, It's called homeostasis, which is basically as humans, we seek homeostasis. So we seek this kind of like sameness, right? So it's like, And but so that's not a bad thing, but if we get stuck in a rut where there's we're actually trying to find balance, okay. So let's say that one partner with relational threat, let's say you have headphones on your heart, and one partner with relational threat their instinct, the way that they protect themselves is to turn that music down, right? Um, Avoid, get away from, dismiss, just make smaller. Okay, what's going to happen is the other partner, let's say they also have headphones on their heart and the relational threat really is happening at the same time there's mutual vulnerability here right so it's it's because you're trying to be close because you love each other because you're important to each other when that threat hits this other partner because their partner is turning the music down and that disrupts the balance this partner is going to turn the music up hang on a second actually this is important we need to talk about this wait a second we're not done yet I don't feel resolved. Okay, so the more that that person turns the volume up, the more the other person's like, oh, no, this is not good. This is not good. Now we're feeling chaotic. Now this is overwhelming. Now this is getting um, too much. They're going to turn the volume down even more, which then freaks out the other partner because they're like, whoa, 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 what? this is bad. Do you not get it? This is really bad. So they're going to up the ante even more. And that in essence is the most common pattern in couples. Okay. So when there's not relational threat, sure. They might have leanings, right. To turn the volume up and down, but it doesn't matter as much because they're feeling connected. Everything's good. Like any kind of like personality differences aren't a big deal. It's fine. It's just like, we're humans doing life together. We love each other for each other. Great. But as soon as there's relational threat and remember, it's literally the same as physical threat. This disrupts the balance, right? We don't have homeostasis. We're trying to get back to balance but actually it gets worse. 
So in an effort to kind of get back to balance, now we're more dysregulated, we're in more distress, right? And so it could be that that same couple could move into what we call a withdrawal withdrawal pattern, where now we've got two people turning the volume down because we just don't want to fight. Like this is not good for our kids, right? But then what happens, you start living like roommates, you know, you lose your romantic um, bond, connection, passion, you know, you start to just like, okay, business, you know, and, and then that's, you know, not what you got into this for. So there's, there's these, and we do, yeah, it's, it's a pattern or a dance or whatever kind of analogy you want to use, but you can, every relationship gets into one of these, right? This is part of being human. I call it the price of love. Like it just comes with the package. So if you're wanting to be close at all and you're in love, just you're vulnerable. And so the problem isn't that the dance happens or the cycle happens. That's not actually the problem. That's, that's just life. You've got rupture and repair. The problem is if you are stuck in it, if like the temperature of your entire relationship is more defined by this dance than by any connection, this is not good news because over time, the relationship is going to becoming more and more and more and more distress. It's confusing. So Stephen has more of a withdrawn position and I have more of a, an anxious attachment. Um, so I am more the pursuer or I was anyways, more the pursuer and he was more the withdrawer in the, in our relationship for sure. At the beginning still that way today, except for that we can see it and we know when it is happening, like um, body language. There's a lot that we're like, oh, it's happening again. What happened in that moment? You're not stuck in it anymore. We're not. Yeah. But when we were stuck in it, ooh, it was like he would go away and I would feel like, where did you go? Scared because we, we, we were not safe in the relationship. Like we didn't know how to move towards each other in that emotional piece. So we knew the task, the role, all of those ways to be connected. But as far as like that emotional, that deeper emotional connection, that secure longing, that like, um, I don't, you know, you can be away from me and I know that we're okay. That didn't exist in our relationship for a lot of years for both of our past family traumas. Um, and so understanding this pattern and everybody has this a pattern, like you said, I think it is so helpful. We did get to the place that it became like more withdraw, withdraw, because I got tired of trying to get him. And, and I'm like, it's more, trying to get you is more hurtful than if I just don't need you at all. That's the danger. That is a, that's the, you know, that's like the, the red flag, the warning. Um, but in the thick of it, you're not thinking in those terms. You're just thinking around survival. Absolutely. You're, you're in that kind of dark tunnel, right? And so you're trying to make sense of what's happening and you're probably filling in the blank with a lot of fear, which goes back to the process of emotion in the body and the brain. Of course you do that. 
And then all the different things that you read, like, oh, maybe I need to be like this, or maybe I need to be like this, or maybe I need to stop here. And then I feel like you, you can lose yourself in that too. You know, so the movement that, um, Kelly does with people in this betrayal course too. Um, she holds space beautifully for the person that's been betrayed in this course to help them really understand and make sense of what is happening inside of them. Um, and then there's there's different tools inside of this um, this course that you created for them to understand and unpack the story, the situation, what is actually going on, making sense of things, um, because she doesn't want you to stay there. And so when she does intensives, I'm sure that it's even more beautiful work in the room. Uh, I think when you get to see those moments of clarity that happen with people, I'm sure it's so rewarding of like, they just saw it. They just saw the disconnect or where it's coming from. Um, because most of the stuff that we deal with on the surface is not actually the hurt that sits below, right? Cause we're talking about that fear and that longing piece that sits below the actions, like what's happening. So when I'm like fussing at Steven, it wasn't because I was mad at him. It was because I needed him, but I, I couldn't figure out how to get him. And then my protective layer would kick in and it would be like, I don't even think you care. I don't even think you care, you know? And what I'm actually saying is, Hey, I need you to care. I really need you to care. Um, so today I say it differently, guys. <laughs> so today I can say, hey, I think we're, I don't feel super connected. And he'll say like, what does that look like? What do you need from me? And I'm like, I think I need a walk, you know? And he's like, I got, I got you. Let me finish my day and then we'll take a walk. But it wasn't like that for years. It was like, all you do is work. All you do is work. And then he's like, I'm never enough. I'm never enough, you know? So then the cycle just keeps going on. So who knew that I would tell you guys all this stuff on this podcast today, but here we are. Um, but I just think this is the real stuff that, that other people need to know. Like this is some of this stuff is, is the dance inside relationship. There's some normalcy to this. Um, the betrayal piece is a different story. Um, but how, how you get there and what you need to do through that. So I think that this conversation is necessary and I'm hopeful that it's been helpful for people to know that regardless of their personality type, all humans have a need for connection and love. When there is a break or breach in a trust relationship, the disconnection that happens leaves the person or people feeling lost, confused, and alone. In your course, you talk about the PTSD response to betrayal as well as what is actually happening in your body. Emotions tell us where to go. Can you share with us how to get out of our heads and into our bodies so that we can move the emotions through us? I thought this piece of your course was so interesting around that PTSD. It just makes so much sense too. But how do we move these emotions through us? So just kind of naming the PTSD or trauma responses, I think that information alone is extremely validating um, for people going through this. This is different than just a normal relational threat. Okay, so what's happening is in the brain. So, you know, I talked earlier about the cue or the trigger. Well, make that massive, right? This isn't just, oh gosh, you're on your phone. I don't know. I can't find you. What's happening? Why don't you have time for me? This is like, oh my goodness, you know, you've been unfaithful for months and I had no idea. And now I'm looking at this 
text thread and I'm finding out this is massive. Okay, so the cue or the trigger is massive. And so in that moment, the body, the brain is, it's too much to process at once. And so it can't, it doesn't. And so, and I have so much compassion for this. It is like running around in circles, right? Like I, I know I'm dating myself when I say this, but the best analogy I can give is, you know, when your computer freezes in the old days and you would get this like circle and it would just go around and you're just like, whoa, what's happening? You know, I need to reboot or something. It's like that. Your brain and your body just, it kind of like, it's a, like a fritz. It can't do the, like what it, when I talked about the emotion process in the body and the brain, that just happens organically, right? Um, emotion takes 90 seconds, actually, to go through the body and the brain. If you just let it, if you just feel, let it go. 90 seconds, okay? Here's where something happens and it's frozen in time. And so after that, months, sometimes years, after that, you're still, it's like the body knows, oh, I got it. Like, this is important. I got to like figure this out. What does this mean? But because it's traumatic and without support, right? Without support, left on your own, you're just going to stay stuck in a loop. And this is where what we see, some of the symptoms that we see and PTSD, you know, PTSD was originally um, became a diagnosis after, like with veterans after war. Okay, so they would hear a car backfire and just fall to the ground thinking it's a gunshot. This is the type of like traumatic response that we're talking about in betrayal trauma. And so it, it really takes a different level of treatment to support, to slow down, and also just to give the body a chance to process this, right? That that's what is trying to place it somewhere. And because it's so overwhelming, it can't place it. And so for some of these people who are experiencing betrayal trauma, sometimes what happens next is there's the trickle truth, which means there's the finding out, and then there's the finding out, and then there's the finding out, and then there's the finding out. So you just, there's this trickle truth. And so it's almost like you really can't catch a break. So your body just, you know, so this this is just very normal. Um, and I think what I really wanted to convey to people who are experiencing this is it's it's not because you're crazy or that you completely lost yourself. Like your body is actually responding in the way that it should. It's a good thing it couldn't process this all at once, right? It's actually um, a protective, it's it's like, this is a, by design. It's supposed to be this way. And so as long as you understand that, then you can be held and actually try to feel the physiological sensations. And so in the course, I do help people to tune into the felt sense and just ride that wave, right? Because that's where the grief is. You know, sometimes that's where the fear is. Um, but I think mainly the grief is important to feel, preferably with a safe other, because what happens is we, we, we're trying so hard to make meaning of it, so we do stay in our head. 
and we look for something to blame our partner, ourselves, whatever. Um, but that just keeps us in that loop. And it's more than just, I really want to emphasize this. It's not just a typical trigger, right? So the response is different than if it was just like an everyday thing. So I hope that kind of explains maybe what you were referring to. So to get out of the head and into the body, it's slowing it down. And it is with the safe other. It is like allowing ourselves to sit with it, even though it's terrible. Well, and to try not to judge it, right? To try not to judge yourself, to try to not follow the thought train and just, you know, get in touch. I say it's like neck down, anything neck down, get in touch with the sensation. Will you say like, where do you feel it in your body? Do you ever use language like that? Like all the time, all the time. But some people, you know, some, you can say that too quickly, right? Because if, if people are um, really feeling distress, of course, they're going to want to make sense of it. So you can't rush people to this. Like, all right, but forget what you're thinking. Where do you feel it in your body? You know, um, but yeah, eventually I want to go there. I want to go to, can we feel it together? Right. Like, I just want to be with you in this place. And essentially, like what I think of when I'm doing this work is I'm thinking, I really trust this person's nervous system. I trust it. I know that if we just get in touch with the felt sense in the body, it has wisdom. It will tell us where to go. It will tell us what's happening. I don't know what's going to be there. I don't have an agenda here. Right. And I guarantee you on the receiving end, you probably don't know either. So it takes a little bit of a, well, it does take trust in that relationship, that therapeutic relationship. Um, and if you're watching the course, you know, it's, um, you can do it kind of with me because I am guiding people through it. You know, obviously I'm not in the flesh, but you can also take the concept and just teach it to somebody that is safe hey, can we do this together? Can you hold space for me while I try to just feel what's happening inside? And this is down, like this is several uh, sessions down in this course. So this is not right at the beginning. Kelly's not like jumping in and we're going to do this. She walks you into this. She's so sensitive and, and holds space beautifully. So this uh, quieting your mind work is helpful for all nine types, regardless of if you're functioning from the heart, head or gut place. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about recognizing emotions in order to do that. You do have to, you have to slow down. You have to be quiet. You have to be willing to sit with yourself. Um, and I'm going to go off this with you, Kelly, too, like in the middle of really hard seasons, um, it might not be sitting with yourself. There might be somebody else with you, like a really good trusted friend or a therapist or somebody with you in the room. Like, I don't want to be alone right now. Can you sit with me in it? You know, so that, that sit with yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean alone in solitude. There is some, um, we need people, man, we need people when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, the reality is that you have to feel the heal. And that's, you know, you talk about this, I've read this numerous times in order for us to actually be able to do this work, whether, you know, you're going through this course and you're going to choose to stay with your partner or not, there's still this need to feel to heal. Um, and we, you know, the other thought here is that we repeat what we don't repair. So we, we want to repair 
on our side of it, what do we need to repair? Uh, what what do we need healing in? Where do we need people to listen and understand? Or where you know where are the places that we need to make sense of some things in ourselves? So a, a therapist, a trusted friend, um, somebody that's supportive is so important to be in that space. Um, can you share with us the heart behind your new course and the work that you do with couples? Like, what is your heart behind this? What do you you know what do you envision for this course? I created this course over three days in my office and so many of the videos are one take. And so you'll see that it's not slick. It's not like super, it's definitely not scripted. Um, I know ahead of time the topic and what I want to cover, but I am speaking from my heart and when I do, when I did those videos, I literally visualized couples from my past who I can tell you what they looked like. I can tell you what they said. I can tell you what it felt like in the room. But when they were in the just throes of this, the worst, right? Like I can visualize a couple right now where, you know, they had discovered like the one partner had discovered about an affair literally weeks before they were in my office. And I can tell you what it looked like, felt like. And so this is what I'm holding in my heart, you know, in my mind's eyes as I'm doing these videos. And to be honest, when I worked with these couples, I just wanted to give them something a little more and I didn't have it. Um, I looked for resources from a bonding science perspective. There's tons of resources, not from a bonding science perspective. Okay. So that's out there. And I think there's a place for them. However, I, I just believe in the, in bonding science so much that I couldn't like recommend something that didn't have that, that foundation. And so I, I actually just was like, okay, well, I guess I'll make it. This doesn't exist, so I'll just do it. Um, so yeah, this, this is the heart behind the course. It really was, I, I felt a need, I saw a need, and it's personal. You know, this, you'll feel my relationship with my clients through the course. You'll feel, I mean, they taught me so much, Jackie. Like, I, I think... I, yes, of course, I know clinical things, have read the research, you know, have been trained really well, like all of that. But I don't think that's what makes the course special. I think it's the relationships with my clients that actually walked this awful, awful, you know, journey. And, you know, for some, um, it didn't end in reconciliation. And, and for uh, many, it did. And so I know what all of that feels like. So that's, that's the heart behind it. Um, you know, I work with couples in distress, whether it's betrayal or not. That's just my passion. I can, to see moments of repair or awareness or a connection, nothing else does it for me between a couple. It's just beautiful. It's so it's rewarding. It's transformative. It, it just kind of, it brings back faith and humanity again and again and again. And so that's, that's the heart 
behind it. And that's um, my hope is that it'll help, you know, couples just to kind of get through maybe the hardest, darkest time, specifically with betrayal trauma. And the other thing I wanted to say is I was very careful in the course not to, like, I'm thinking about both partners. Okay. So I'm really not villainizing the partner that stepped out of the relationship. And so it is safe. It's a safe course for both partners to listen to. Um, and I'm not assuming gender either. And so my language is, is careful with that. You know, I'm always saying partner, not, you know, him or her or whatever. Like this, this is, so I just wanted to say that too. Yeah. Kelly holds space beautifully in that course. Uh, and she walks through it and you can feel her heart behind every single video. You hear it and the messaging. I think it's a really uh, valuable tool for people that are walking through this, or maybe you've walked through this and it's not it even now, but you still, there's just lingerings of stuff and you just feel like, man, I just, I just need a I just need something. I think that this is a really good place to start. Uh, you know, Kelly does say like, this does not place to t- take the place of a therapist, um, you know, or, or trusted person. I think that that is really, really important to know too, that um, this is a great place to start. But if you need more than that, you can reach out to Kelly. You can reach out to me. We can help you find um, a person in your community that can be there for you and help you in this area. Uh, so Kelly, tell us where we can purchase this. Like if people are listening, they're like, I just, I, I need this for me or, oh my gosh, my friend or my family member is going through this. Where can they get this? Yeah, absolutely. So the easiest thing to remember Red, like the color, therapygroup.com. Go to redtherapygroup.com. Why red? Because I have red hair. That's like, <laughs> that's the shortest way. Branding, whatever. Um, redtherapygroup.com. Once you go there, you'll see a tab for betrayal trauma. Click on that. The rest is pretty self-explanatory. And then as far as social media, you have a presence on socials. What is that uh, handle that people can find you at? Red Therapy Group. Okay. And you guys are located in um, the Nashville, Tennessee area. You've got a couple different locations. So if you're listening to this and you like Kelly's approach, um, and maybe you're not in the middle of, of betrayal or anything like that, but you just want um, a trusted therapist, she's got great therapists that uh, I highly recommend. And so you guys can reach out to Red Therapy Group to get plugged in um, to that community and find somebody that will walk alongside you as well. So um, thank you so much for being with us today. And I can't wait to have more conversations with you in the future. I'm grateful for you. Thank you, Jackie. And thank you for joining us today. Join us next time as we continue our conversation about the Enneagram and what it means for your relationships. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And while you're there, we'd love for you to leave a review. Your kind words help others find the show. For more great Enneagram content, resources, and individual code, you can visit EnneagramWithJB.com. And while you're there, make sure to order Jackie's newest book, The Enneagram and Your Marriage. We'll see you next time on Enneagram with JB.